You're listening to Tech Talk Central. Hello, I'm Yanis Rizopoulos. Uh, I'm your host from Barcelona, and I have the honor to have with me Phil Twist, Vice President, Portfolio Marketing at Nokia Networks. Hello, Phil. Hello, good to talk to you. And uh, I would like to ask you, first of all, what's new here in Barcelona for you? Many, many things. Mm -hmm. For us, this is the first time that the new reinvented Nokia has come together as one company at a major trade show. Mm -hmm. So it's showcasing Nokia Networks, the Nokia Here, which is the location and mapping group, and Nokia Tech, which mm -hmm. is our advanced technology. It's the the intellectual property, it's the materials research, it's the brand licensing part of our business. Mm -hmm. Coming together as one refreshed, revitalized, renewed company with a lot of ambition for the future. Okay, and uh, let's talk about uh, the cloud, Nokia Radio Cloud. It's a big thing. It's a very big thing. It's a an architecture rather than a product. So it's, it's not product yet. It's, it's a forward-looking concept that we're looking at, which is looking at the evolution of radio networks. So it's something that it's it's not 5G. It's before 5G. It's something that we're doing with our current LTE technology, and it's splitting the radio base station so that the radio, the points of presence, they of course have to be distributed around the city or around the town or around the country, and then a new, simpler way of connecting them using Ethernet rather than a fiber into a hub site. And the hub site that's doing the, the signal processing to support those radio base stations can then be made from standard industry IT server hardware, open stack, open source. So it makes it much easier to deploy and source. But then there's a further split because that that's, uh, the hub sites can then be supported by a central data center for additional capacity when it's needed. So you end up with a very flexible way of delivering high capacity, high quality coverage in a, a new architectural way. How are you controlling the sharing process? Sharing how you use those. It's a, yes. it's a scheduling system that we have it's in a place. scheduling so it, system. Special algorithms, perhaps. Special algorithms which are based on exactly how we work in the current mode, doing something like carrier aggregation, but it's doing processing aggregation, mm -hmm. if you like. Mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. It's evolving from the technology we currently have in place. And done using our standard software, I have to say. So the current commercial release just implemented in a different way on different architecture. Where will be available? Not this year. We're, we're looking at potential. First, pretension, first presentation is here, demonstration. This is a proof of concept this year. Yes. We're talking yes. about the architecture, not the products. The products will follow maybe late next year, something like that. Mm -hmm. Because our current product set is working extremely nicely. Big Teltos have shown interest on that? It's something that we are sharing with some key customers to make sure that the developments are on the right path. Mm -hmm. And yes, of course, there's huge interest. Mm -hmm. It's the way that we have to evolve networks to support the huge growth in data traffic. It will lower their costs, perhaps? I'm not sure if it's so much about lowering costs as increasing flexibility, increasing capacity, mm -hmm. the growth in data mm -hmm. over the course of this decade. It's better management. Over the course of this decade, we're talking mm -hmm. about a thousand-fold increase in data volumes. A thousand-fold. And you as a user, I'm quite sure, do not want to pay a thousand times as yes, much. Sure. Sure. So we have to... Uh, 
deliver solutions which can offer higher capacity, higher flexibility within the same investment project. That's good. That's very good. Uh, what about security, especially in a virtual telecom world? That's one of the challenges of moving to all IP networks, is that they don't necessarily have inherent security everywhere. So one of our other significant launches here is something which we call the, the uh, Network Security Director. And what that's doing is orchestrating or managing to make sure that every component in the network has the appropriate security in place. So you can manage it from a central location, you can make sure you've got the encryption, the firewalls, whatever, uh, in place right across the network end-to-end, -end so that you can be secure. And that's actually followed on from our uh, Nokia Security Center that we set up at the end of last year, which is focused on embedding security in every product, every solution, every customer implementation that we build to make sure that it's there. Mm -hmm. Something we take very, very seriously indeed. Okay. And also, I've also read that uh, you're using an open source software for that. Why have you selected this one? Open source software for security, no, we're using a series of partners for security, so best of breed companies like Checkpoint, for example, were implementing. Mm -hmm. The open source part comes into the cloud. Where in the cloud, I mean in the cloud, I'm sorry, I was yeah. Sorry, yeah, so if you're building an IT stack, you want to be able to have multi-vendor, and the best approach for doing that in the industry is to use OpenStack, standard-defined architecture, mm -hmm. standard-defined mm -hmm. software interfaces, not custom-built something. The whole point is flexibility. Is it fashion or necessity, SDN? SDN? Software-defined networks. Software-defined networks are sort of one stage beyond what we're talking about with the virtualized functions. Uh -huh. So software-defined networks will allow you to alter the configuration of the network mm -hmm. in software. Mm -hmm. and it's necessity, it's coming. Necessity. Yeah. NFV first, SDN second, cloud radio third, end-to-end -end orchestration management fourth. That's, that's the path that we're that's following. Yeah. Yes, yes. And also, uh, uh, I have read that you are co-developing along with T-Mobile a pre-standard license-assisted access. Could you tell us more about it? Absolutely. License-assisted access, or uh, LTEU, LTE. if you're looking at that, is a way of using LTE on Wi-Fi spectrum or on, on shared spectrum, <clears throat> and you'll use it as an adjunct to an existing carrier, using carrier aggregation, but if you haven't got capacity in your existing spectrum and there's space on the Wi-Fi spectrum, then if you put LTE encoding alongside the Wi-Fi, you can actually aggregate that capacity into the network. So it's a logical way of extending your capacity or speed of a network mm -hmm. using spectrum which already exists. Okay. And uh, what's uh, uh, the approach of uh, Nokia Solutions to IoT? IoT is a, a big thing. It's huh? a huge thing. <laughs> How long do we have to talk about that one? <laughs> <laughs> Five minutes, perhaps. <laughs> Whatever you like. <laughs> it's a, it's a very very rapidly growing market. Um, we're talking about by 2025, we could have something like 50 million connected devices. Uh, but they're, they're very, very different in characteristics. You could have a home which is connected, you're talking the temperature, the air quality, you could have a, a health monitor looking at your heart rate, blood pressure, whatever. You could have uh, a number of different sensor type applications. You know, is a vending machine empty? Is a dustbin full? Is a car parking space empty? Well, there are small amounts of data that you might want to transmit from that device. Mm -hmm. uh, that doesn't need 5G. That's something that you can do with LTE. In fact, uh, it's, it's being done with 2G already. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Smart meters.
devices, if you have one in your house, it's probably connected by GSM. Perfect. The real innovation from that perspective is adapting LTE in a direction that you can extend the cell size specifically for these low power machines and working out how you can reduce the energy requirement of that device. So we're targeting a 10 year battery life. Two AA batteries in a machine lasting for 10 years. No need to touch it, but it's transmitting information every couple of hours for that for that 10 years. Yes. And actually that's something we are prototyping with a key customer on the stand here. So we're looking to put it into standards, the 3GPP standards, so it's an inherent part of the LTE spec next year, but we're prototyping what it already be. So that, that's one key category. A second key category is the really data-hungry machines, the things that want lots of information in a high speed. It could be a smart TV, for example. Mm -hmm. It's a thing, mm -hmm. if you have a 4K TV or an 8K TV coming up or whatever yes, the standards whatever. might be, they consume huge amounts of data and it's mostly one way. And then there's a third category, mm -hmm. which is things like a autonomous driving car, a connected car, or, method cars. or a, a equipment in an industrial environment, a smart living in general, yes. Or um, some form of haptic feedback. You might have a doctor who's performing a Surgery. performing surgery but remotely yes, so he's yes, yes. controlling a robotic machine and then you need very 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 fast response times one millisecond or something and this is one of the drivers towards 5g coming up in the future to be able to deliver very high bandwidth and very very short latency having said that the market for connecting machines is going to grow progressively 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 another one of these exponential growth curves and it will already it's already started but it will grow very, very extensively, even with LTE. Like I said, LTE for machines, there will probably be LTE for vehicles developed, which allows vehicle-to-vehicle -vehicle communication using LTE. How many years from now? 2020? 5G is likely to start becoming commercial in 2020. Mm -hmm. I've had a smart meter in my house for several years already. So. So it's a market which is one of those things that there are so many smart people out there who will come up with new ideas and new use cases as the cost of connection and the value of connecting those machines comes together, then the market will What is up. the biggest challenge for Nokia Solutions in the next two, three, five years? The biggest challenge? Uh, it's probably making sure that the growth in network traffic requirements can be met through getting enough cells in place and there's enough spectrum available to use it mm -hmm. and that means opening up new spectrum bands which aren't necessarily there now and making sure that we can keep pace with the requirements to increase the performance of the network so it, it's new technology to get more through the same bandwidth and if we can do that part and make sure that we're delivering on what the technology needs to do to meet what people want it to do, so we can really deliver so the potential of the technology. It goes back to quality of life. It comes back to quality of life. It's not just the technology for technology's sake, it's technology for a purpose. If you have an autonomous car, it's because it's driving you more safely. You know, for example, estimates that 90% of vehicle accidents are caused by human error. Human error. If you can take the human error out, just think of the, the consequences of it you know it, it's the potential to improve people's lives through that technology is phenomenal that's that's really what we're aiming at the technology is great but why that's what we're making sure we can deliver the human potential of that
Thank you very much. We had Phil Twist, Vice President of Nokia Solutions with us. Nokia Networks, sorry. Nokia Networks, sorry. And uh, we'll hope to meet again. Thank you very much. Tech Talk Central from Barcelona Live. Thank you. You're listening to Tech Talk Central.